It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. This is Live Mike with Lee Lonsberry from Utah's Capitol Hill to your schools, Texas, and all the breaking news. Hear it on Live Mike with Lee Lonsberry on KSL News Radio. Welcome back to the program. We've got about a half hour left here on today's episode of Live Mike. It's episode 10, and I'm grateful to you for listening. Uh, I truly hope that you and I will be joining here this time each day uh, once we reach episode 100 and maybe 1,000 and uh, maybe even well beyond that. Uh, so again, I'm grateful. Uh, always interested in your feedback, though, as I'm kind of figuring this whole talk radio thing out. You know, I was a producer for a number of years, uh, but that does not prepare you for uh, sitting right here behind the microphone. Uh, so let me know if I'm doing okay. 57500 is the number. That's the Utah Community Credit Union text line. Uh, I get all your texts. They're right here in front of me. Uh, and so I would be very interested in, in what you think about the program so far, uh, but more specifically, what you think we we ought to be doing in the future. If there's a, a piece of news or a topic of interest to you, I would like to know about it. I'd like to talk to you about it, and we can do so here on this program, uh, Live Mike. Uh, listen, earlier in the program today, I told you that we were going to run the gamut of uh, human experience. And that sounds a little grandiose, uh, but it's, it's absolutely true. Earlier in the program, we heard from folks who are opening their doors to refugees as some of the most generous uh, and Christ-like behavior in which you can engage. Uh, you know how the Lazarus uh, poem goes, uh, give us your tired and your uh, weary and your poor. Well, we have folks here in Utah doing exactly that. Uh, it's the best of humanity on display uh, here in Utah. Well, now we're going to turn to the other side of the spectrum and we're going to uh, see a little bit of what the worst of humanity has to offer. And it uh, comes in the form of a telephone scam. Uh, KSL Television's Mike Anderson did a story where he sat down uh, with a, a Utah State representative uh, and his wife who were uh, the unfortunate victims of a scam. Here's about 90 seconds of uh, Mike Anderson's television report. Uh, listen to this uh, and join me here uh, afterwards and I'm going to tell you some of my thoughts and reactions to this unfortunate story. What was once a life savings is now just documents. This is wire and if hindsight is 2020, this is likely Michelle Anderson's most painful example of where things went wrong. Right now when I look at it, I just go, you have to be dimmer than a box of rocks to do this. She had some missed calls saying her social security number had been compromised. When she called back, she got quite the story. Social security number had been used to set up multiple bank accounts from a drug cartel. She was then connected with someone claiming to be a DEA investigator. You need to know that your family's in danger, that um, this this is a very powerful drug cartel. They'll be watching you. That man's solution, that all accounts in her name, would have to be closed and wired over. He claimed they were being seized for the investigation and that she'd get it back later. If she didn't, she could be suspected of working with the cartel. He said, we'll be watching your bank accounts. If you make a large withdrawal, we will know. So she sent all of it, over $150,000. Terrorized her. At the time, she was taking care of our grandchildren. Um, he knew that. 
Kyle Anderson learned about all of this days later. He believes some additional questions at the bank could have prevented the transfer. He's looking into whether anything in state law can be changed to acquire just a little more checking. This is kind of an embarrassing thing, and so we don't necessarily want anybody to know. And the more we thought about it, we thought, why wouldn't we? Because somebody else may fall victim to this exact same thing. That attitude is exactly why I'm talking to you about this topic today. Uh, It is natural to, if you are duped, to feel embarrassment. Uh, And, you know, honestly, maybe there's a little bit of room for that. But what can come of uh, a situation like that is protection for others, or at least information. Uh, The Anderson family here, they fell victim. $150,000. Now, uh, we learned that uh, Representative Anderson, uh, he's got his house paid off and he's got a pension he collects. Uh, and so they'll be OK. They'll weather this storm. But that hundred and fifty thousand plus dollars uh, was their life savings. It's what they may have used uh, for their vacations or to hand down to children or who knows what. Uh, but it was theirs and they had earned it. And uh, someone who did not earn it snuck in and stole it. And it's only evil that would do that. I a number of years ago, uh, my story I'm about to tell you does not compare uh, in value to the story that we just learned about the Andersons. Uh, but a number of years ago, I was uh, I was staying in a hotel and I had my car parked in the parking lot. In the back seat of my car was some camera equipment that I had. I was a student at the time taking some photography classes, and my uh, gear, my gear bag, uh, was in the back seat of the car. And uh, that was that. I thought, eh, I'll just lock it and I'll be fine, whatever. Middle of the night, about 2 o'clock in the morning, I get a knock on the door, which was startling on its own. Uh, I walk over to the door, look out the peephole, and it's a, a police officer. And uh, the police officer, after I answer the door, tells me, uh, hey, listen, uh, son, your uh, car, we checked with the DMV, we know it's your car. Your car's been broken into, and uh, it looks like uh, things have been rifled through, and you might be missing some belongings. You want to come take a, a look at this? Uh, sorry this happened, uh, but uh, could you follow us downstairs, have a look at your vehicle? And so I uh, threw on some sweatpants, and I uh, put on a coat, and I walked outside, and I looked into the back seat, and I realized, oh, my gosh, my can And I'm a student at the time. And I lost all his camera equipment. It's all crucial to my studies. And I had lost it all. And I immediately said to myself, oh, my gosh, I, th- this is my fault. I'm, si- I'm sorry that, that you're out here dealing with this. I, I shouldn't have left it in the back seat of the, of the car. Uh, it's a ter- and the, the, the police officer, uh, he says, this is West Valley. I was staying in West Valley. West Valley, a police officer says to me, he says, son, stop that right now. Listen, <clears throat> if you hadn't had that camera gear in the back seat of the car, uh, would it have been stolen? Of course not. But you don't need to dwell on that because uh, you are not the bad guy here. The bad guys are whoever shattered this window, reached in, took what was not theirs, and took off. Are there lessons to learn? Sure, son. Maybe you don't leave your valuables out there. But uh, you are the victim of a crime. You can safeguard yourself against such things, sure. But right now, you are the victim of a crime. And that's what I'd say to Mrs. Anderson as she uh, deals with uh, some likely feelings of uh, of embarrassment. Uh, Was she naive? Maybe so. Probably so. Uh, But she's the victim of a crime. And it is the criminals that ought to be rooted out and stopped. And that's the job of law enforcement. 
<clears throat> and we do what we can to keep ourselves safe. We uh, check in with uh, grandma or our aunt uh, who lives alone, is on a fixed income. They're the ones susceptible to these types of scams. I'm sure they get calls quite often uh, from the so-called Social Security Administration saying, hey, would you call us back because uh, we've got uh, some suspicious activity here uh, associated with your number. And if you make that call back, that's when they start leading you down this trail that unfortunately Mrs. Anderson followed. Uh, and the result of that was they were out $150,000. Uh, so w- what are the grand lessons to learn here? At least in my opinion, it is that uh, a victim should be recognized as such. And as you have discussions about this story around your kitchen table or on the water cooler, uh, please uh, be uh, uh, hesitant to point the finger of blame uh, at this poor woman who has just lost everything. Um, and I would instead uh, point your finger towards uh, these criminals and maybe ask yourself what uh, could be done in the law enforcement realm uh, to prevent crimes like this uh, from taking place. And if you are going to look for ways to safeguard yourself uh, against such behavior like this or uh, how to safeguard maybe your loved ones against a falling victim to these uh, criminals, uh, maybe you, you put some kind of program in place where you're touching base uh, with uh, with grandma or grandpa uh, from time to time or share the story with them. Tell them that this that type of thing is out there. And in that way, if we are able to prevent these crimes from taking place, uh, then what Mr. Anderson says at the end of this uh, news report you just heard, uh, that overcoming embarrassment is important uh, because it could do uh, much good for those who are vulnerable to this type of crime in the future. Anyway, that is uh, that. That's it for for uh, the somber segments of this program. I'm grateful to you uh, for going through it with me. Uh, The reason I took you down this road is because I think it's important. I think that there are evil folks out there and I think that evil preys upon good and your family is made up of good folks and evil is out to get them, uh, but you can stop it and uh, and you can do so uh, very simply uh, uh, by being wise and uh, leaning on law enforcement to help protect you. Anyway, that is that. In our last segment, we're going to talk about a legislative effort uh, which is being revived in this upcoming legislative session uh, to make it, again, uh, a crime uh, for you to have a cell phone in your hand uh, while driving down the road. There are some exceptions, but we're going to talk to the state uh, legislator who's behind this effort next in our last segment here on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold season three, the search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. This is Live Mike with Lee Lonsberry. Welcome back to the program. Live Mike is the name of the show. We are into episode 10. You just heard about this in uh, Todd Fuchs' newscast there. Uh, we've got uh, a story, a piece of legislation uh, going to be introduced, reintroduced rather, in this upcoming legislative session. It deals with cell phones and it deals with uh, your behavior while driving. Uh, I'll stop summarizing because on the line we have the sponsor of that legislation. This is House Minority Whip. Carol Spackman Moss uh, represents the Holiday area. Ma'am, how are you? I'm fine, thanks, Lee. How are you? I'm hanging in there, 10 episodes in, still pretty nervous, but I think I'm getting my feet under me. Oh, 
Well, well, congratulations. It's nice to hear you on this, and you used to call me to be on the Doug Wright Show. That's right. I remember, and I'm grateful to you for all uh, all the, the help you gave us back then. You uh, are up to something important, and uh, let me just preface this by saying uh, I have had an attitudinal shift over the past little while. I'm a father now, and I just drove across country, and there are uh, two things that I think uh, really have brought my my mind and my thinking around on this issue. If you'd asked me a year ago, I'd have said, hey, hey, we don't need we don't need government telling me how to drive. I'm fine in my car. Leave me alone, okay? We don't need government in my car, too. Uh, but then I became a father. And then I drove across country uh, with my uh, baby in tow. And I was pretty terrified on a number of instances as I would see folks with phone in hand uh, veering left and right over those uh, lane lines and uh, me not just responsible for my own safety uh, but for that of my daughter uh, find myself coming more in line uh, with legislation just like yours tell us what it would do well that's a great testimonial and uh, that's exactly why so many people all over the state are in favor of this law it doesn't address the use of a handheld it addresses only the use of a handheld device, not the hands-free function. Few people have gotten this mixed up, and I wish we could ban all talking on phones, but you know that wouldn't happen. Uh, and so we we do something to make it safer, and that is to get that phone out of their hands so you're driving with two hands. The distraction is less, but it's still the ideal is not to have conversations while you're driving, but if you have to, or you do, You've got Bluetooth, you've got speakerphone, you have those functions available. Almost everybody has them. Even if your car doesn't, you can put your phone on speaker and um, get people driving again with two hands on the wheel and both eyes on the road. It, this is the, the kind of distractions that are caused of any kind. Uh, cause people to have four times as many crashes, whether you're looking away or, you know, changing the radio. But texting makes you 20 times more likely to, to crash. And the police officers cannot enforce the no texting law in Utah for this reason. It's not a primary offense. Right. If they could see people, if they could pull someone over for holding their phone up to their ear, then they have some way to enforce it. Otherwise, people say, oh, I was just dialing. I wasn't texting. Right. And so this is what this bill does. It makes it a primary offense, just like not wearing a seatbelt for many years. was Wearing a seatbelt was not a primary uh, offense, so a lot of people didn't. But once you could pull someone over for not wearing one, the increase in seatbelt usage went up. Accidents went down. And every state, 20 states now in the District of Columbia have passed this law that I'm trying to pass. And their accidents um, and severe ones have gone down over 25 percent. You you know the, the, the breakdown of things here in Utah. A lot more Republicans than Democrats, a lot more conservatives than liberals. Uh, and so it is natural for uh, things to come from the office of a Democrat to be looked at through these, wait a second, how, th that can't be a conservative thing. I, no way I can get behind that. Let me help you make the case for why uh, there is good reason to be behind this. And it is uh, as soon as your behavior infringes on my safety, my life, and my liberty, and my ownership of property, 
community and my pursuit of happiness, uh, then it is an appropriate role of government to step in and safeguard me uh, so I might be able to enjoy my own rights. I interpret your effort here uh, to be doing just that. You know, obviously, uh, you know, you, you, we engage in behavior where we take our lives into our own hands uh, all the time, and there aren't rules against that. Some uh, styles of recreation are pretty dangerous, uh, and there are lo- no laws against that. Where the laws uh, start to find their appropriate home is when our reckless, reckless behavior uh, endangers the lives of those around us. And if we're distracted on the phone, as you uh, just shared with us, uh, 20% more likely if we're sharing a text uh, to, to, to cause an accident or find ourselves into some trouble where we're uh, endangering others. Uh, I'm with you on this one. Oh, you're exactly right. And, you know, that, that's the argument. I, I haven't even had to make that argument so many people. It, it, this is not even a partisan bill, in my view, even though I've had, I have to bring along a few more Republicans to get this passed in the House. I think it'll pass in the Senate. But, Lee, they've done statewide polls on this for the last two years, both the Desert News and the Tribune. Uh, and 75% of the public are in favor. I get emails every day, and since I did a story yesterday on KSL TV, I've been getting emails. They come from St. George. They come from my neighborhood all over, and they I know some of them are very conservative people, the ones that I know in yeah. my area. They're totally on board for that reason. We know, we acknowledge that we need to have safe, uh, we have to have speed limits and stop signs and all those things are for our own safety and that's what this is. You. This is your second. Sorry, uh, this is your second attempt at this. Uh, I I imagine there must have been some sort of roadblock uh, uh, in in years past. uh, As as specifically as you're comfortable, uh, who do we need to work on? Well, you need to work on the four good men that are the leadership of the House Republicans. For one thing, Um, I had I thought I had the votes last year. I had a lot of great advocates, retired pediatricians who pointed out the fact that that if you're in an accident and your children are with you, as you pointed out, Lee, with your child, you're putting your children's lives at risk, not to mention people in the other car that you might hit. I had uh, medical students coming and calling Republicans out to talk to them. And I had the votes, Lee, and during right before the debate, certain people went around uh, putting a little pressure on Republicans not to vote for it. And that was very disappointing to me. Um, it shouldn't be doing what's going to be best for you in the short term. It should be looking at your entire uh, constituency, which in this case, it affects not only the people in your district, but people across the state of Utah. Sure. Our guest has been House Minority Whip Carol Spackman Moss, represents the holiday area, has a piece of legislation she's going to in- introduce uh, here uh, dealing with uh, distracted driving. Her bill would ban the holding of a cell phone while driving. Uh, that piece of legislation, which she's introduced in the past, is coming back. Uh, she claims uh, great Republican support, more so than she's seen in the past, uh, and uh, and she can uh, count me in. Uh, in terms of supporting this effort. Uh, ma'am, I'm grateful to you for joining us on the program. Let's stay in touch on this. Thank and you. if uh, we need to Very talk good. to anyone, we'll, we'll bring them on. We'll have a conversation with them, get their thinking on this. Thanks so much, Lee. All right, Bye. thank you. Uh, listen, this is the end of episode 10 here of uh, Live Mike. My name's Lee Lonsberry. Uh, felt pretty good. This was, this was a strong show, I think. Uh, if, if I'm wrong, please let me know. 575 
is the Utah Community Credit Union text line. Uh, also, if you have any suggestions for Monday's program, episode 11, I'd uh, love to hear them there as well. We touched on a lot of things today, uh, a lot of things to think about. There's that community garden uh, here in Salt Lake City. Uh, we'll see what that turns into. Anxious to see what happens on the second, see if they make that funding deadline. Uh, also, uh, Utah County, along with the governor, have made it known to uh, President Trump and Secretary of State Mike Pompeo that Utah, uh, and specifically Utah County, are refugee-friendly places. So we'll see uh, how that develops, uh, and we're going to see what kind of help we can lend as a charitable people here in the state of Utah uh, to those folks who are fleeing danger and who are coming here to seek refuge. Uh, Google Emma Lazarus. Read her poem. It's a pretty good one. Uh, first thing in the program, we heard from a man who is leaving his family for a month to lend help to the folks in Australia. He's a firefighter for the Bureau of Land Management. Jason Porter, uh, another hero, joined us here on the program today. He uh, and all the rest of our guests today uh, promised that they would touch base uh, with us in the future. Let us know how their uh, endeavors uh, fared. We're going to hear from Jason Porter next month. He's going to tell us uh, what he's done uh, to help the folks in Australia as they battle fires. Uh, listen, that's it for today's program. I'm grateful to you for joining me. Uh, I'll see you on Monday. Stick around. Next up, it's Utah's Afternoon News here on KSL News Radio. Live breaking news now on the mobile app for KSL News Radio. Listen at home or anywhere you go. Brought to you by Any Hour Services, KSL FM Midvale, KSL Salt Lake City, KSL News Radio. This is Utah's news station.